0: This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast
1: with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. I've got a magnificent conversation with Chris Monroy, who is the guitarist and vocalist in the LA-based Skeletal Remains to share with you. The catalyst for the conversation is due to a tour. Haven't said that in a while again. Gosh, it's been a long time between drinks when we start talking about the catalyst for a chat on the show being a tour, but here we are. Skeletal Remains are touring Australia and New Zealand throughout November. It's a comprehensive tour. I should be able to go to the Mansfield gig, which is in Brisbane, because I certainly want to. There's no doubt about that. Throughout this conversation, though, Chris discusses what it takes to be the frontman of Skeletal Remains, how much he's looking forward to the tour, his thoughts on Brian Rush, the new bassist, and what he brings to the band, his influences, his inspirations, and much, much more. Now, if you have tuned in via the podcast apps out there, the mini podcast apps that are out there, you're going to hear a tune. This one's titled Congregation of Flesh. It's from their recent album, launched in 2020, titled The Entombment of Chaos. You all know the drill on YouTube, we can't play music, what a shame, so we'll dive into the chat right now. Either way, let's go. How you doing oh you know it's uh four in the morning here mate it's uh <laughs> so uh no, i'm used to doing it actually it's uh it's always uh uh it's good to do it now because i've got kids you see and the thing about kids uh, is in the mornings right and in, in the evenings or what have you that's where it can get a bit
2: uh it's always a witching hour or yelling or something like that going on so, yeah i know about that man i got of my, my um have you just waking up or have you not slept Oh, no, no. I just woke up. No, no I went to bed oh, like at okay. 10, or 10 or something like that. So I've had like a full night's sleep or
1: something like that. I'll probably oh, cool. I'll do my master's as well. So I'll probably get to that after we finished our chat and go and put on a coffee, that sort of thing. So For sure. mate, yeah, it's it's good to
2: catch up, you know, I'm, I'm glad you guys are coming down. Yeah, man, we're super stoked. First time. So yeah, we yeah. can't wait. To, we can't wait to see how everything is out there and, you know look look at just look at the look at everything in general you know it's we're super soaked yeah yeah D- do you get a lot of mail from us down here yeah yeah we i mean we've been we've been getting hit up for a while like all the time we get comments or messages Like come to australia you know like all the time so i'm I'm glad we're finally able to make it happen and uh, yeah are you bringing uh
1: sometimes it's, it's common for bands when they come down to their first tour, they can't bring down the full production or even sometimes a full band, this sort of thing. But what sort of setup are you bringing down?
2: Uh, I mean, we're very like meat and potatoes. So it's very basic. You know, we don't really, I mean, we don't have much of a, uh, you know, we don't have much going on when we play. I mean, it's mostly, I mean, if we do bring, if we do use anything, it's mostly just like fog machines or anything like that. I mean, when we're home, uh, when it's obviously when it's like it, like i said it's hard to travel with all that stuff you know like fog machines and uh you know the stage banners or the stage scrims or whatever you call them um so we usually don't take those out much like we did it once for a european tour and it was it was just a hassle having to carry all that stuff i yeah. mean i'm sure there's an easier way to go about it you can probably just buy the stands wherever you go and just take the actual banners and stuff like that but um no nah, i don't think we'll be taking anything like too crazy it's you know we're just bringing our basic shit, our guitars and stuff. And, you know, we're, we're more, we're very straightforward. So we're just there, you know, playing, get out, get off stage. But we're, yeah. I, we're, what we are bringing a lot of is a lot of merch, So we'll be bringing a lot of, a lot of stuff. Cause I know a lot of people always hit us up. Like, you know, you guys should open a store out here. Cause it's super expensive to ship out there. You know? Yeah. It sucks. For like man. one shirt. So, um, Unfortunately, we haven't had a chance to do that. We were in talks about doing something like that with somebody, but COVID happened and didn't end up working out. But um, um, yeah, we just plan on bringing a bunch of stuff. You know, if you've ever like checked out our, our merch table, sometimes we post it on our social medias and we're out to where we, we tend to have a lot of different shit. Um, and I feel like that, that helps a lot helps us a lot when you know when there's more of a variety for the fans, you know, mm-hmm. and different things. So um, yeah, we're well, we bringing a lot of a lot of merch. That's for sure. But as far as like stage wise, like yeah, nah, we'll just you know we're just a death metal band, so we just get up there and play and <laughs> Keep it keep it as uh, as raw as possible. I love it. That's what I love about death metal. It's just raw. It's in your face. It's just
1: you and your instruments and the intensity of the music hitting the hitting the uh, the fans in the face. But uh, yeah. a, que- a question about about the interment of chaos because that was released I think late two thousand and twenty. Okay, so it's been out two years now, mm-hmm.
0: unbelievably.
1: Yeah, like that. It was critically acclaimed, so you got good feedback on that. I could see the meta, the Metacritic, the score or what have you was was quite high. But is it has it been frustrating that you like? Did you have to release it when you did at the height of the pandemic, and now that it's uh, you've only been able to play it live for the past uh, sort of like three to six months?
2: Yeah, it was hard. I mean, we were used to, we're used to releasing an album, and you know, right after the album releases like touring it and we didn't get a chance to do any of that you know i mean we played a couple local shows here and there but i mean we didn't start touring till 20 i think we started at the end of 2021 i'm not sure i mm. can't remember i mean we've been busy the last year but you know obviously before things came back we weren't doing shit and we had we, like i said we had we literally went into recording to re- we went into record the album as they announced the lockdown here in, in the States. So like we were literally like the day before um we were supposed to go into the studio, they announced the lockdowns and the studio hit us up and they're like, hey, like we're gonna have to cancel your your guys's, um mm-hmm. you know, hour like your session here because you know they announced that we gotta go on lockdown and, you know, we feel we, we they just wanted to be on the safe side, which I understand. But um the drummer that played on that record, um which is Charlie, he, he lives in Portland. So he was, he was already down here for rehearsals for about a week. And so he, he was expected to go in there, you know, lay down the drum tracks and then fly home. So um, luckily we were able to convince the studio, cause he's the dude that recorded is actually friends with Charlie and he's recorded him before and we've recorded with him before. So he was cool with just having Charlie come in mm. um, which was kind of weird. Cause I, I usually like to be president whenever this, you know, anything recorded like you know just mm. to give my input if i need something but you know charlie is an amazing drummer so he knew he knows what he was doing and he knows what we wanted so um yeah he was able to just get in there by himself with scratch guitars and just record the whole record like that and um
1: mm.
2: anyways i don't mean to get too much off topic off the que- off the question or whatever no, that's but, good yeah. Keep going. You're on. but yeah but yeah um that, that that's kind of like th- what happened and you know we we didn't really have a chance to like um Like, they they asked us, like, hey, do you want to wait this out and try to release this, like, after, you know, um, like, the COVID thing happens, but no one really knew how long it was going to last. So, we're like, what if it lasts three, four years? Like, fuck that. So, we're just, like, just release it like we were supposed to, and we just kept moving forward. And, I mean, usually, if we, like, our plan was, like, we don't have anything to do, so let's just write more music, but... It wasn't that easy. It wasn't as easy as it sounds. Like we were just kind of like we just released a record, so we didn't really have that motivation to like kind of just get back in there and write Mm -hmm. some more stuff. I mean, usually once we like I said once we release a record, we we go out and play, and you know, once we go out and play, and you know, we see the response from the fans, that kind of inspires you to write more music, if that makes sense. And since we didn't have any of that, and just just the whole COVID thing in general was super like we weren't able to do shit, so it just wasn't really inspiring. You know, to like. get get back in the studio and try to write more shit so um so yeah so we kind of just like in a way i mean for me personally it was awesome because i was able to be home with my kids and stuff you know which is not something i normally tend get to do because i'm touring most of the time um so it was really cool that was that was really cool for me but but yeah i mean um i I totally forgot what the question was but yeah like i said yeah like we we, we, didn't i mean we we were able like i said we were able to write we we have about right now we have about half a record done so we wrote some songs but we just felt like we were getting stuck and like we just we weren't really inspired to write shit so we were just like you know what fuck this then we started touring and we've been touring for like the past year now so now we have a couple of shows left for the rest of the year um so the australia tour and then a couple shows here in the states Mm. And then uh, we're just going to hit it hard and start focusing on the record. And we're planning to have the record out, hopefully by summer next year.
1: Okay, sweet. Okay. Will you be playing any of the new songs when you come down?
2: There was a plan of it, but we're not sure. We're not We're not sure if we're going to be able to do it because two of our members live in Portland. So mm. we won't be able to meet to rehearse before this tour. Like we're, um, you know, we just kind of, they fly from Portland, we fly, two of us fly from LA. So... Um the plan was to try to try to play a new song by, you know, by this tour or the last tour we just did, but yeah, we've just been busy and we haven't had a chance. So I'm not sure if we'll we'll play a new song, but um Yeah. But but we'll be playing we'll most likely be playing a mixture of all four albums just because it's our first time there and we haven't, you know. Yeah, I'm sure course. people want to hear a mixture of everything, so
1: Of course I do. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what does Brian Rush bring to the band?
2: Oh man. Yeah, so that that dude is something else. Like if you knew he, every time like he posted something new about like his other projects that are going on, it's just kind of I'm like, fuck man, like he's just so talented. He has so he does so much, you know, he's he's a busy guy. Same with Pierce. Pierce is super busy. He has a bunch of different projects that he, you know, sessions for. But um I mean we haven't I mean it's just on stage I feel like, you know, he's he's very more like more energetic compared to, you know, other bass players we had and I feel like he fits the best. Um, but I think people won't be able to see what he really brings to the table once until he, this next record. Cause he is yeah. like a fucking, he's a monster when it comes to like playing bass, he does keyboards and he's going to help us out with some stuff on, you know, on this next record, writing some mm-hmm. interludes and stuff. So yeah, we're stoked to, to get together and, um, write some, write some stuff together. You know.
1: Yeah, killer. So, from the sense of things, you're always writing. You're never not writing. Of course, you got your guitar in the house there, and whenever inspiration strikes, yeah, it strikes.
2: Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have multiple guitars here in my kitchen or my my living room, just sitting here. Like if I'm if I finish breakfast, the kids are eating. Sometimes I'll just grab it, and ideas come, and I'll just you know record them. And sometimes they turn into songs. Sometimes they're just you know thrown in the trash or saved in archives or whatever. But but yeah, I'm yeah. always I'm I'm always like you know messing around with things, but um it doesn't really like if i have a riff it won't turn into a song until i actually like want it to so like okay let's write a song and we'll sit down and try to complete it but usually it's just a couple riffs here and there i've I've, I've, like then I'll, i'll get together and put the riffs together and make it a song
1: yeah have you had any kirk hammett style experiences where you've been recording him into an iphone and you've lost the iphone or something like that
2: Oh, yeah. That's happened to me a lot of times. Wow. And yeah. fortunately, I've never like the whole thing with the iPhones and backing it up. And sometimes I never backed it up and I get a new phone and then everything stayed on the old phone and the phone's broken. So shit like that's happened. Um, and I don't, I don't really remember, like, I know I had riffs. I just never, I don't <laughs> remember that. Like, like, Oh, like I had these few riffs. Like I just, I've had so many ideas that it's like I don't know if they were good or not, you know, because I've ne- I never got a chance to go back and listen to them. But yeah, that's happened to me before, but, you know, whatever it is, what it is.
1: I'm going to stuff up the person, I think, but I'm sure it was Paul McCartney that said something like he didn't record anything because he only wanted to keep the gold, the cream, meaning that if he remembered the riff after he came up with it, it was meant to be. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I've, I've heard, yeah, I mean, I think it just depends, but I mean, how you go about it, but. I mean, yeah, definitely. If, if, I mean, if it's a catchy riff, it's a catchy riff, and it'll definitely come back, you know.
1: But he, but he's Paul McCartney. He's got nannies and maids and everybody else doing everything else for him. Whereas you and right. I, you know what I mean? Like we got busy households yeah. and lives. I mean, if we didn't record stuff, I'm a muzo too. If we didn't record stuff. God help us.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. We got, we, yeah, I got. I mean, I got two kids, so I got my hands full here, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, can imagine, mate. I'd got two as well. Yeah. What's uh? What which guitarist and vocalists have had the most significant influence or maybe uh maybe impact or inspiration I should say over you?
2: Shit, man, there is so many. I mean Yeah, I don't know. I mean I <laughs> I mean I can name a few, but there's just so many. And every time I get asked these kind of questions I'm like Oh well, I forgot this guy who's one of the main guys that I look up to, you know. But mm-hmm. off the top of my head, right now, obviously like James Hatfield being a you know frontman, he's one of like mm-hmm. like you know he's he's been my idol since I first started getting into this music. Like they're one of the main reasons that I got into the heavier style of music. Um, but yeah, you know, James Hatfield, Chuck, of course, you know. Um, when it comes to guitars, like just solo guitars, like I'm really into like the shredder stuff, like Jason Becker. Um, awesome. Paul Gilbert um, Tony McAlpine you know stuff like that Yngwie of course all the all those dudes um, and as far as like vocalists like I think like my biggest influences would be like from my, the, my style of vocals that I try to go for is like obviously Chuck Martin Van Duren, um John Tardy Mark groove from Morgoth Madison. Uh, yeah it's mm-hmm. yeah. interesting yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like I, 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 not that I don't like the other style, like the more, you know, lower cookie, whatever the fuck they call it, you know, the lower style of vocals. I, I love that stuff too. Like, mm. um, yeah, but uh, for for the way that I sing the, the try to style style that I try to go for is more like in the range of like John Tardy and um Mario Van and Although my voice has changed a bit, um, mm. but it's just been like a natural progression. I haven't like changed it. I haven't. Like tried to change it, it just kind of changed on its own. You know, I don't know if it has to do with you know my vocal course just getting messed up or what. But yeah, yeah. it's just natural. It's just naturally been changing. But um you know, I love like Steve Tucker's vocals. um Obviously, George Fisher stuff like that. Frank and of course. I love all the old, the, all the the lower. You know, um, how, how do you explain it? Like you know, just more. Um, not, not as, um, like, I don't really know the word of what, what it's called, but, you know, like John Tarty and stuff, that's obviously a whole different style than compared to Frank Mullen. It's more, you know, more gutted yeah. or whatever. So, I can you know, I'm,
1: Definitely you know, I, Frank. Yeah. Frank Mullen. You remind me a little bit of Frank Mullen. It's not, not the same, by the way. I'm certainly not saying that, but I can hear that, that inspiration.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to our first record and then you listen to our last record, that's a really big difference. Like my voice has just changed, um... Like, like I almost sound like a whole different person. But it's something that just happened naturally. I mean, I, for more of the <clears throat> once we started incorporating the, the seven string guitars and, um, on the songs, like for the last record and the one before that, I did try to go for like something that I, I've noticed that like David Vincent does on some of the Morbid Angel records, like True. I know on, like on like Blessed, like he changes his like the pitch of his voice sometimes. The vo- he sings them lower, Some seems seems a little higher. So I've tried to do something like that for specifically for the 7th Street songs. I try to get a little bit more lower, but the the, the technique that I try to use it in like the, the, you know, it hasn't changed. So it's just like my voice has naturally kind of, you know, changed or whatever. But yeah, but yeah you, know, you know, like some of the biggest influences would definitely be like Marvin van and um, John Tardy, Chuck, Mark Groove, stuff like that. Yeah, Morgoth, that's one
1: of the first times that band's come up in a, in a chat actually, I've done heaps of these, and uh, it's always been interesting because Morgoth were a band that had, that had a big impact on my listening experiences as a young fella. I had the cassettes back in the day. Cursed was an yeah. album that I spun back to front for, for ages. I had a car, you know, just drive around in my car and just back when I had cassettes and shit. And uh, mm-hmm. Is that an album that had an impact on you or what, what Morgoth album right. in particular? Cursed, yeah, yeah. yeah
2: curse um the first the first i don't know if they were eps the first two the i can't remember the name of it i think they the were one, yeah. the red one with the things coming out of the it's like leaking some shit of that i forgot the, the name. of Eternal fall thing. i think yeah it Eternal fall, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so um i i even is that me uh That's, i think so um, like i was gonna <laughs> some volume things anyways yeah. um yeah man that was a big influ- influence from the beginning of of the band um we actually our first european tour that we did um we got to play a festival in germany called party yeah and i don't remember how this happened i'd say yeah before, before like when we were when i think we had just released our first demo mm. randomly mark the singer of Morgoth, messaged us on facebook and he's like hey guys like i fucking love your band like this is awesome what you're doing and I was just like, I, at first I thought it was fake. So I was like, I don't think this is really him, but I clicked on his profile and I was like, oh shit, it's, it really is him, And yeah. So we started chatting and we kind of just became friends and we would chat every once in a while. Anyways, when the European tour got announced, um, he's like, I'll be at Party Center open air. Um, I'll come watch you guys. I was like, sick, yeah, we'll hang out, have some beers or whatever. And um, we had, I, I just, brought, I brought it up to him like, hey man, like we are like, we used to cover body count from before, you know, he was, like from before he hit us up that was kind of like one of the first songs we we covered when we started as a band because we started the way the band started was we were literally just covering songs we were just covering like that's a great way to start yeah it's a fantastic yeah Yeah. so we were covering that stuff like bands that we looked up to and we kind of just got bored of being like hey let's just try to write our own shit so anyways that's how the band started but um we already knew the song and we hit him up like i think um, right before we left on that tour and we're like, hey, would you be interested in, you know, singing the song with us at parties then if we do a cover? And he's like, fuck yeah. So, we got to do the that cover with him on, on, on stage at that festival. It, it was fucking amazing, man. Yeah, that was that was really fucking cool. So, yeah, I mean, Morgoth has been an influence since the beginning of the band. and Mark is a fucking awesome dude. Although, he's, I don't even think, I'm not sure if Morgoth is active anymore, no but I know he's not, he wasn't in it in the past few years, like, he left, I think, a couple of years ago. He was in it, and then he left. So. Yeah, I Not think really they ditched
1: everything. It? I don't know why they ditched it again, but I think they stopped in about two. They might still be going, but... Um I think most of the members sort of ditched it in 2020 or so. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, There was talk about them. Yeah, there's talk about them coming back, but I don't think they they did anything really. I think Arngold was 2015 or so, but it's like, uh, you know, Mm. the band. Oh, God, this isn't going to make sense now because I can't remember the name of the bloody band just early in the morning. So, forgive me here, but uh, Gorefest. (laughs) Killer band, oh yeah, Gore Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the hell happened? You know, I mean, that band yeah. had it all going on, they were on nuclear blasts and stuff, and uh it was just they just disappeared. But they were a band that I think yeah. definitely could have an audience around now, like Morgoth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, man.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure what happened. I, I Last time I talked to Mark, I think well They had that new record they released the last one. It's not new anymore, but they released a the record a few years ago, and he was supposed to be on the record. I think he recorded all the tracks, but then he left and they re-recorded his vocals and with somebody else, I can't remember who it was. Somebody else from a, another death metal band. I can't remember who, but anyways, yeah, that was the last time I heard mm-hmm. of Morgoth ever doing anything. And then I know Mark still has like his other project and CDs to CDs. And yeah, stuff like that, but
1: no, I keep in touch with
2: him every now and then, you know, we'll chat and stuff and see how. Like you know, just you can't see how he's doing and stuff. But see yeah, he's a he's, yeah, he's a really cool dude. Yeah, that's killer, mate. Yeah, yeah.
1: Are, are you a guitar guy? I mean, it sounds like you are. You're talking about Paul Gilbert and Jason Becker and these guys. So do you have a particular guitar that you consider the the one that you uh, is it is it your main rig and axe choice, so to speak?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm actually just a guitar player. Dude. That's that's you know that was my thing, and then when we started this band. Um, cause I originally just wanted to play guitar for this band. That was, you know, cause I'm a guitar player. I never, I started singing when I started, when I started singing for this band, I've never done it before. So mm. uh, we just couldn't find anyone. And um, originally the original guitar player, Mike who's in the back in the band. Now he left shortly after the, the first demo. Um, our plan was cause me and him were the ones that started the band. Our plan was for both of us to sing, you know, cause we couldn't find a vocalist. So we we're like, fuck it. We'll just do it ourselves and we'll, you know, we'll go back and forth like an aisle thing or something. So, yeah. um, that was the plan, but then he left and he didn't, I, he left during the recording of the demo. So it's like, well, fuck, I guess I'm just going to have to do the right. vocals. now. <laughs> yeah. So, and then that's kind, that kind of just, that's kind of just how it went. I, I essentially wanted to find someone after the demo to, you know, to do the vocals But then people were just so stoked on my vocals and they're like, if we change it, it's my, you know, Stenic- dynamic. Yeah, yeah exactly so uh, i was just like whatever i'll just keep doing it but i originally don't like i don't i honestly would prefer just to play guitar because that's that's what i you know that's what i like to do and, uh, being up there and singing it is not i mean it's definitely gotten easier with time you know i've learned a lot but it's it's not easy that's for sure and it takes away from me being able to focus on my guitar playing because i'm singing as well so yeah kind of sucks in that aspect but um but yeah, I'm definitely more of a guitar player. I mean, yeah, like I said, that, that's that's what I wanted to be in this band. But, you know, shit happens. So, um, mm. uh, I, I I, mean, my main guitar, like my favorite guitar that I have is a Carbon Jason Becker um, model okay. that they released, like, cool. I think a few years back. Um, that's like my favorite guitar. And I took it out on tour with a different band I used to play in the past. But it got too much road damage. So I was yeah. just like, I'm not, I'm not going to take this out anymore. No it's like, you know, I just wanted to keep it you know at home i'll bring it out i'll bring it just out every now and then and, yeah. yeah to and to record i'll, I'll mm. do some solos on on that stuff because it just feels fucking amazing and the fluttering on that thing on the bridge is like i haven't had besides i've had I, I played another ibanez that had like um that had a really good bridge i think it was an edge one of the old 1990s one um, that has a really good bridge that I, that I really I really enjoyed. Like the the fluttering on that thing was fucking amazing. Besides yeah. that other that other guitar, I haven't, I haven't played a guitar that can flutter that good. So, and and just all, all around it's just a really good guitar. It just feels amazing. But yeah, I don't I don't really take that out anymore. Like I said, so now I'm just using like um, these Shredder guitars that I that um that I've been using for the past couple of years, and they're great. I mean, they're sturdy guitars. They're not they're not the best feeling guitars. Like you know, they're not like it's fucking amazing but they feel they do they get the job done and they look fucking amazing that's one of the main reasons why i use it because i like the very extreme shape of a guitar like the the one that i use mm. you know um unfortunately like carvin or kizo now like they don't really make like those pointy style guitars with extreme shapes so that's mm. why i, I use the schecter i mean besides that there's not really much i mean there's bc rich but everybody uses bc rich and I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just stick with Schechter. And they give me a pretty good discount when I, you know, when I want to get another another, uh, another guitar. So yeah, I've been using these Scheckters for now. Um, They're great guitars, you know, for the price. You can't, you know, I can't, you can't complain. And they they feel great. Um, They have been taking them on the road since, you know, since I've had them for, you know, I don't know, I've had them for maybe eight, six years now, eight years. So, and they've been perfectly fine. So yeah, that's what, that's what I'm using now. That's like my touring rig yeah but yeah when i'm in the studio i tend to use uh like different guitars um like i use um for solos i use the uh, you know my, like sometimes i use my breaker for some solos because it just feels way better and i can achieve more with it like i said with the fluttering and stuff but, but yeah
1: yeah sweet yeah cool yeah were, were you inspired at all you mentioned steve tucker but of course morbid angel i mean the chairman of the board as far as i'm concerned is trey trey zaktoth He's, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to seven string guitar was, did he have
2: an impact on your outlook as a guitarist? Yeah, man. He's one of the main reasons. I mean, Morbid Angel is the main reason why we started implementing the seven strings, you know, yeah, cool. in our music, right. like, that's kind of what we're trying to go for, you know? Um, you know, there's obviously other bunch of different other influences, you know, but Morbid Angels definitely one at the top. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, Trey specifically, and then, you know, Brunel were out as well, Rutan. Rutan is a very huge influence on my guitar playing and also Mike's where we fucking worship that dude. Especially the stuff he did with, you know, with Morbid Angel and, you know, with Hate Eternal. So So yeah, definitely uh um but yeah, Trey of course, man. Like he like people say, you know, he's like the A Van Halen of Death metal. you know. He did he did a lot of things that like not a lot of like that, that people a lot of people didn't achieve. Like he he kind of he when you hear a Trey solo, you know it's him, you know absolutely those, yeah. yeah so yeah he's he's a fucking death metal god for sure and um yeah we we take influence on him all the time he has these small he has the most weirdest fucking wrists, but they're so fucking sick you know yeah they're
1: inverted and they're at mm-hmm. atonal on purpose yeah, yeah yeah now you mentioned somebody in there too i was i was gonna bring it up but you brought it up which is eric rutan i mean he's a producer Great, great musician, but I've had a good long chat to him. He actually does the introduction for my show. Great bloke. Yeah. Is there I listened to the, to oh, the yeah? podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. Super cool. Yeah. Cool guy. Awesome, awesome fella.
2: So next record, how about it? Yeah, you're to something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's been talks about that. So we'll see what happens. Nothing's, nothing's. Uh, you know, nothing's like you know pend in or anything, but yeah, there's been talks about working with him for the next one. We're not sure yet. Yeah, it all, it really all it, yeah, it all really depends on his schedule. You know, he's super busy with Cannibal. He was actually supposed to work on the last record, but he was too busy. Uh, I see, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, um but yeah it's just it just really depends on timing. When we're done, um we we just played with Cannibal in Costa Rica. And I know I've known Eric Rutan from I did a record with him with a Pat, with a different band that I used to play in. Mm. And so I've kind of, I kind of know how he works and stuff. So I think he would be great for, for this band. Um, the other band I worked with is more thrash metal, but I think for death metal, he, you know, he, he, he fucking, he's fucking, he yeah, yeah, he's, he's
1: the guy. Yeah. You know? He's it Yeah. I mean, who, know, else, who else can you get, you know, I know, there, yeah. I know there's, there's Pete, Pete Tachter and there's other people out there, but for your style, that American style of death metal is only one and that's Eric
2: yeah yeah so yeah like i was saying we we played with cannibal in costa Rica a few months ago and uh yeah we've been in touch for a while like i said he was there was talks of him possibly doing the last record but yeah. some timing didn't work out or something like i said he's super busy and when i talked to him recently he was just like hey i i can probably only do two records a year to produce like i'm just too busy uh-huh. and yeah. he's like he was like, I'm willing to make your guys' record one of those, but you know, it just depends on the timing, you know. Um, yeah. So he's 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 really interested as well. So it just it just depends on when, you know, when the things will be ready and um like you know, yeah, we're not really sure, but even if he doesn't produce a whole record, we I think we did definitely want him to be involved in it. So we're we're definitely thinking of other ways to get him involved. Um, you know, if, if it's not producing, maybe just, you know, helping with certain things. So yeah, yeah we, we have we have yeah, we haven't really we haven't really gotten to that point. Like I said, we're really halfway into the record writing wise. So once we start getting closer to it being finished, that's when we'll start figuring things out. But but yeah, that's somebody that we've we'd want to work with and we've been wanting to work with for a long time. So mm-hmm. hopefully it happens on this record. If not, I'm sure it will happen in the future because like you said, there's not it's not somebody like it's the perfect fit, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Cannibal Corpse's enduring success. I'm not saying it's it's strange, but it is strange in a way, because I've been around since the early 90s. And I remember when even metal magazines were writing them off around sort of '96, whenever Vile came out, whenever Chris Barnes left, and I was saying that's it, death metal's over, but you know, all the usual bullshit that they used to carry on with. Yet they're mm. bigger now than they've ever been. And they're almost 30, they're over, I think it's 35 years into their career at this point, something like that. Mm, yeah it's it's unbelievable isn't it but to your point they're so busy eric i I always felt that he was just moving into this production side of things but now the cannibal thing's taken over and to your point and you've you've spoken to him He can only do two a year so
2: it's their success it's huge isn't it yeah yeah man it's 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 crazy like how everything happened like as, as much as it sucks that you know he had to be like it, it, he's a perfect fit first of all you know mm. but i just find, I, I don't know just like i don't i, don't, I wouldn't be like he I, like i said i wouldn't be able to think of anybody else that would be able to pull it off um i mean there's many guys that would be able to pull it off but i mean like that would be able to fit perfectly how he does you know um so yeah i do find Absolutely. it kind of strange but it's all it's fucking it's fucking awesome that he's in it because like i like i said i don't think like, they could have got, you know, somebody else, obviously, but I think he, like, he's a perfect fit, you know? Like, even yeah. how they said, he's, he's, it's almost like he's a fifth member of, or, you know, of the band or whatever, sixth member. I can't even think how many there is right now, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, he's, I, I feel like he's a perfect fit, and the last record ruled, and I, I can't wait to see what else they, they do with him. Um, but I'm also looking forward to the to the New Hate Eternal, so hopefully that gets done soon, because yeah. the last... The last yeah, tour record was fucking amazing.
1: Unreal, wasn't it? Yeah. I know. I think I said that to him that with him joining Cannibal Corpse, they're going to go for another 20 years. It's just however long they decide they want to go for. It's they've got no shelf life.
2: Yeah, yeah. And they still sound fucking amazing. So, I'm sure they'll keep going, you know. Um, mm. but yeah, I can see how the whole thing was – like how you said, like I thought, I saw Eric Rutan, I mean, you know, obviously he had Hate Turner, but it seemed like he was more into like the whole producing Production, thing. Production, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I know he would like tour every now and then, you know, with Hate Turner, but um, I can't, I mean, Cannibal Corpse is a fucking busy band, you know? I can't imagine that. Like they're going to, he's going to be with them nonstop. So like, like, just like you said, you know, he's probably going to only have a chance to work on maybe one or two records a year, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll be one of those two records.
1: (laughs) From the sounds of things, the intentions there. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, just I'll ask a couple more questions and a bit of a right turn here for you. What's the greatest challenge you've had to overcome as a musician? Mm.
2: The greatest challenge. I mean, a big thing that. Um, that I feel was like a a challenge was um, in order for me to keep this band going because you know I've had a vision for this band since I started and I wanted it to get as far as I can so Hmm. Um, the majority of this band started with you know friends from high school and you know some of my best friends but I think one of the big challenges was unfortunately I had to having to you know separate from from my friends to try to make this band go as far as possible and it kind of sucks because you know like i said they were friends that i grew up with but having to you know make that sacrifice like hey you know what you like i will have a vision for this band and i want to take it as far as i can and fortunately i don't think i'll be able to with you know with you guys in the band so that was a big challenge for me mm. um you know having to tell them you know i have to find like i have to find somebody else because you guys like aren't serious enough there, yeah. yeah yeah it's like you guys have you guys we, like you guys have a different vision than me like they wanted to just you know they wanted to just be like a hobby type of thing and you know they obviously i mean not to, not to get me wrong i'm still here having fun but you know there's a time to have fun there's a time to be serious and um you know i like i said i've had a vision for this band since i started it and I wanted to go as far as I can. And yeah, I did, I had to make that sacrifice to um, part ways with them to, you know, to try and get to spend as far as possible. So that was a really big challenge for me. Um, I'm sure there's there's been many more, but that's kind of the the one that, that comes to mind right now. Yeah, that's a good one,
1: that one right there. Yeah, in order to fulfill your vision, you have to leave some people behind because they yeah. don't possess the same stuff that you do. And more and, and power yeah. to you for doing that, mate. It's, it's always difficult to do that, but you've got to do it.
2: Yeah. And I'm sure we're not the, I'm not, I'm sure I'm not the only person. That's, I'm, you know, I'm sure that happens all the time, but you know, yeah. um, unfortunately this was, these are people that I grew up with and some of my best friends, but you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. What can I do? You know? I want, I, I really, you know, I've worked very hard to get to where we're at and, yeah. you know, I have to keep working hard and I don't want it to be, you know, don't want it to be over. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So, yep. misplaced loyalties. I talk to my kids about that sort of stuff. You know, yeah, it's a it's a difficult thing. It's it's understanding when to be loyal and how because uh, sometimes uh, what's the what right way of framing this? You know, you can be loyal to spite yourself, and that's not good.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. What about? Uh, I'll finish on a bit of an interesting one. <laughs> You play a shitload of shows, probably maybe a thousand more, you know, at this point. What's the weirdest thing you've seen?
2: Shit. Um, I don't know. I mean, we saw some pretty crazy shit. It wasn't like weird, but it was just super fucking out of this world. And I was like, holy shit, people are fucking (laughs) really into this. But when we played Obscene Extreme, (laughs) I don't know if you're familiar with that no it's a festival in czech republic uh, okay. um and it's it's a fucking amazing festival the year that we played they had like i can't remember the name of you know this i don't know what you want to call them are like these artists or i don't know anyways um these people went on stage and they were like i'm sure there's a name for it i just don't know because i'm not like i don't really uh, know too much about these things but they're, they're like I've seen the whole I've seen the thing where they're like uh, you know kind of like hanging on their from like hooks from their skin you, you know uh, what I'm talking yeah.
1: about yeah
2: I know there's like a name for it but I don't I don't know it but um, yeah they were doing this kind of stuff but then shit got really fucking weird where they were like there was these chicks like peeing in a cup and like giving it to the fans and they were drinking it and I was just like dude this is uh, so fucking crazy um but that makes sense for the, the name of the festival you know obscene extreme um but yeah, but yeah that's, that was pretty kind of, that, that's that's okay that's the only thing that comes to mind um there was a lot of sexual shit going on like it was, <laughs> they were literally on the main stage it was like a stage and there was just like fucking these chicks like fingering each other and shit. I was like what the fuck and there was like a crowd of people just watching and i was like damn this is interesting you know is, is that and, the
1: vibe uh, of the show is it extreme everything's extreme obscene like is uh, that, that this one,
2: this was well yeah yes and no like this so this was this happened this was all the bands were done it's mostly bands but then this went on stage like at the end of the night um i mean it wasn't packed a good amount of people had already went back to the tents i guess to rest but some people were still there and then you know seeing this stuff and yeah it was just crazy man um that's that's one of the most craziest things that i've seen um <laughs> but but the you know a story for the book yeah, but I'm trying to think if there's any other stuff, like not necessarily any. I haven't seen anything while we're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, It's mostly been like, you know, like how I said, like that festival, they would like the last act or whatever. And yeah, that was just interesting to see. Um, But it is Europe. You know, Europe is fucking. I've seen some crazy shit in Europe for sure. Uh, they just, I don't know, they're more. Uh, free about what they're, yeah, making. more open to expressing their more feelings. Open. I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. we're a part
1: of we're a part of the anglosphere, so we're a bit more conservative, right? Being in the states, you yeah. know, the, the UK and Australia, but uh, the yeah. Uh, yeah, the Europeans. I remember as a kid, it was uh, they used to have these shows here where they show these weird ads from overseas, and inevitably they're from countries like you know they're not weird now, of course, but back in the 80s and 90s, who went to Finland, right? Right, right. but they'd have these ads that were in prime time they're just naked women having showers and shit and you'd be like what the fuck's going on over there you know right. it was just yeah, they yeah. just looked like
2: porn <laughs> exactly yeah that's it's crazy like like when we're on, when we tour in europe like when we stay at hotels like i mean we, sometimes we'll get there early and we'll just like chill order pizza and like watch tv and just, the commercials are fucking insane they're just like <laughs> it's literally like porn like you say it's like yeah they're just showing everything but it's like i mean fuck it i guess if that's you know it is what it is, you know, fuck it. I mean, like, it, it's kind of, I, find, I find it kind of weird because, like, I can't imagine watching TV with my kids and then that comes up, you know, what the fuck, you know? But it's tough yeah. enough
1: as it is, isn't it? As you know, I mean, they ask questions about stuff uh, anyway, but, you know, when it's right there in front of you, like,
2: put that off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like when we are watching something. And like something, like a scene comes up, like, all right, let's turn this off, you know? So when, you know, if it's like, we're just watching normal TV and that comes up, but who knows, maybe they just show that late at night, you know, cause that's the only time we watch TV yeah. like super <laughs> late at night. So, um, but yeah, I think that was like, to answer your question, I think that's like probably the only weird thing that I've experienced. And it wasn't that, that it's that weird. It's just, it was just shocking to me cause I've never seen it before, especially on stage, you know, like, um, or just to see like people, Drinking other people's piss in person—that's like whoa. Well,
1: yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, that's fucked up. Actually, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Did yeah. Did you see that video clip of that? I don't know what the band was, but some some band with some chick singer. Apparently, a bigger band. Anyway, they did a cover of uh, "Killing in the oh, Name." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And she pissed on that guy yeah. for about a minute straight. Yeah, and yeah, you can see with his mouth open and stuff. Just you know, like ah
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> it it's, it's crazy. yeah. I, I seen something like well I didn't see it but I was there for Mar- when we played Maryland Death Fest this past year oh yeah um, I don't know what the story is because I wasn't there but somebody said that there's a video because I seen the video I'm like oh shit that happened I just wasn't in that area but I was watching autopsy because it happened during autopsy huh. in the pit. but I guess the same similar thing somebody pissed and somebody some chick pissed in some dude's mouth or some shit but um yeah, I wasn't there to see it. Like, I was at the show, but I was in a different area, like a different section. You know, there's a lot of people or whatever. But I saw the video afterwards as people were sharing. It. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? But I don't really know if that's what actually, like, she was obviously, I don't know if she was just getting, like, eaten out or she was pissing on him. They, they, the video didn't show that, you know, it was from far away. But the story, from what I've heard, is that she was pissing on the dude. But yeah, I don't know. People are just into
1: that, I guess. Apparently these days, yes, more and more instances of it coming up. Yeah, it's not something that immediately comes to mind as a as a cool thing to do. But hey, horses, you know yeah. we've always got our own fucking outlets for things, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Makes it a killer chat. I really appreciate it. I'm going to be at the because it's changed from Woolly Mammoth to Mansfield, I think, in Brisbane. So I'll be at the oh, Mansfield. No. I'll be at the Mansfield show. I just saw Ripper there. Ripper Owens there on Friday night.
2: Good oh,
1: don't no, so she was out there. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. with uh, Simon Wright from ACDC and Dio. Fame. Oh, fuck. Right. Nice, and nice. A cool, couple man. of local guys, you know, they fill it out with local guys, but the band knew what they were doing. But uh, man, that Ripper was great. But the venue, venue, I think you'll like it's a wider venue
2: and okay. a deeper,
1: wider and deeper venue. Woolly Mammoth, I'm sorry, but it sucks. So. Um, bit of a yeah you gotta go up these huge stairs and then it's not big and you can't really see it from all these different angles unless there's hardly anybody there and you don't want hardly anybody there you've travelled too far so Mansfield's, even though it's in the suburbs and yeah. I'm on northern Gold Coast so it's not as easy to get to as the city or what have you but I think it's a better venue for you guys to be playing at so I'll be there
2: sick man cool man well we'll yeah. definitely we'll definitely chat it up there I hope, <laughs> I hope I wasn't too, too fucking boring. But yeah, thanks for the interview, man. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll see each other uh, in about a couple of weeks, I think it is now.
1: It is, it's not far away. Looking forward to it, yeah. mate. No, it was a great conversation. Thank you very much. A lot of insight there.
2: Yeah, cool, man, no worries. We'll, we'll talk, I guess, once we see each other, man. Thank you once again.
1: For sure, mate. Enjoy, brother. See you out here. Cheers, mate. Have a good Catch ya. Bye. What a fantastic fella. A great example of why it is that I love The podcast, conversations with blokes like Chris Monroy from Skeletal Remains is what it is all about, ladies and gentlemen. The group are Touring Australia, there are far too many dates for me to read out and also to less than something like 10% of people live in the Antipodes who listen to the show, so it probably will mean absolutely nothing to well over 90% of you. But if you are in Australia and New Zealand and you're interested in attending one of the shows in November... Go across to the group's Facebook page, and they're all there. Okay, so if you like listening to that chat, perhaps you'll like listening to many more that I've conducted. They are all available at scarsandguitars.com, and if you like listening, maybe you'll like reading too because I've written a book, Scars and Guitars, Volume 1, Conversations from the World of Heavy Metal and Beyond. Click on the banner on the front page of the website. You'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice. You can download a sample, and if you enjoy it please buy. And if you do buy, hit me up because I want to thank you personally. Here's some more information about the book, but before I let you go, my name is Andrew McKay Smith and I'm the host of the scars and guitars podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you next time. This is Eric Rutan of cannibal corpse. You are listening to the scars and guitars podcast with Andrew McKay Smith. I've been the host of the scars and guitars podcast since 2017 The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return.
0: You know, if you're a a band just starting out, you need to hear me.
1: Do not start a band with partners, ever. Yeah, wise words, uh, sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I,
0: I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others
1: involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment.
0: I think the staying power of the the fans and the staying power of the the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs.
1: Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton... Gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-president Donald Trump. We have this... Idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self aggrandizing complete piece of shit in there. I,
0: I, I just I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place.
1: And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. The overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner.
0: Chuck was always um, you know, he was he was very, you know, very open minded and and he was into Having his, his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for, for the best stuff that they had.
1: Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and
2: um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot.
1: And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother all across scars and guitars volume one there are moments of tension relief tragedy exhilaration and throughout it all you'll obtain insight that i believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favorite artists so treat yourself scars and guitars volume one is currently available as an ebook, with a print edition on the horizon follow the links attached and download a sample i'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book